On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the U.S. federal tax credit situation has been finalized. I'll give you all the details on how much longer it'll last. Plus, Tesla officially names Shanghai as the site of its third gigafactory. Elon Musk gives me an update on the Performance Model 3 delivery situation. Select Model X 100Ds get a free performance boost and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 154 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for July 15th, 2018. Daisy the Boxer Puppy snoozing on the couch. Uh, We had a great time at the park after work today. We actually met up with another boxer, so she got to go full out actual boxing like they actually sort of stand up and paw at each other it's super cool to watch it's it's it was a different play than than happens with other dogs it's it's neat uh, for us box runners anyway this is a huge show you already know how long it is but i anticipate this is going to be a really long one because this was an intense packed week of tesla news so i don't want to waste any more time uh and get right into it other than this uh this just have a little fun before we get started A lot of great replies to my little segment last week about custom license plates, personalized license plates. I just want to read you a few of the good ones that people sent me that that, uh, they have in various states. Uh, There's uh, a few different variants on the same thing here. Buy OPEC, I like. No OPEC. OPEC, no. Uh, Oilless, I thought was good. Buy gas, B-Y-E, as in bye-bye, waving goodbye. Uh, what whatev but whatev w a t t e v as in whatever and what e v i thought that was really good uh, y by gas the letter y that's cool noisy af which is the the uh owner of that noted the irony of it to me uh and shared an interesting story about it too so i thought that was funny that they first of all they even got it by their state regulator cuz of course af if you're not familiar with uh online shorthand stands for as F. <laughs> so the, the, the story that they told to get it past the DMV was pretty good. Uh, zero CO2 for you, I thought was good. And then another person had BFR with a SpaceX license plate frame, which I thought was pretty cool. That was a nice touch there. So good stuff. Uh, I, I love personalized license plates. They're just fun. They add a nice little bit of personality to a car. Uh, all right. So let's get right to it. Tons of Tesla news. Let's start with what I uh, teased at the top and what, of course, this episode is titled around, that is the federal, the United States Federal Electric Vehicle Tax Credit. So this will not surprise any of you because we've seen the breadcrumb trail of clues on this, but it is now official. Tesla has delivered their 200,000th vehicle in the United States. That's all time, so that goes all the way back to the original Roadster, and it happened in early July, as we expected it would, and as, as Tesla seemed to be positioning it to do. So you can go to the incentive section of the support page on tesla.com if you'd like to see the chart that shows the new tax incentive schedule. I'm also going to read it to you and just go over it real quick with you right now, because I have to say, I mean, I think, I suspect most of you out there, 
you've been listening to this podcast, you're keeping up on all things Tesla, you have a pretty good understanding of what the timeline looks like on the tax credit. But I have to say, I've seen a lot of people out there on Twitter who, you know, very well-meaning people, but there's, there just seems to be a lot of confusion on what, you know, on the phase out and what's, how it's going to be uh, valued at what time. So here we go. So the full tax credit will be available through the end of December of this year. After that, when we flip to calendar 2019, there will be a $3,750 half credit that will be available from January 1st to June 30th, 2019, two quarters. Then after that, the second half of calendar 2019, it halves again, so there is a quarter credit, $1,875, that will be available from July 1st, 2019, through the end of calendar 2019, December 31st. After that, the credit will be completely exhausted. It will be gone. That'll be the end of it. You'll have to just, the price you pay for a Tesla will be the sticker price unless you have a state incentive, which California currently does, 2500 I know I think uh, Colorado has a very generous one. Uh, we're going to talk more about, about local, provincial uh, tax credits in a second. But now, the only way that this could change now now that this threshold has been crossed, Tesla is the first automotive manufacturer to trigger the phase-out to get to 200,000 electric vehicles. So the only way that this could change now is if the currently proposed bill that I told you about on last week's show passes and becomes law, or if another bill like it came through and got passed. So at least now we can stop assuming that it's going to be July. Now we just, the guesswork is gone. We know for sure. And that will allow people, you guys out there, myself, to financially plan for whatever your timeline looks like, your delivery date and your, you know, the car you're, you're looking to get. Now you know what it is. So on a related and unfortunately, uh, in more, much more immediately devastating note, there is some very bad tax incentive news coming out of Canada this week, and I know I have a lot of Canadian listeners out there, and even if you're not in Canada, uh, this is a very relevant Tesla story and something that you can you can empathize with, empathize, pardon me, if I can speak correctly today, empathize with and sympathize with. Here's Andrew in Ottawa to tell us about the situation in Ontario. Andrew, go ahead. Hey Ryan, it's Andrew from Ottawa calling. I'm calling uh, first from my Model 3 with now 5,500 kilometers on it since June 5th. Absolutely loving it still. It has made my commute to work so much more bearable. Uh, I was just at a Tesla cruise night yesterday with probably about 15 other Teslas organized by our uh, leader of the Tesla Ottawa group, which was pretty fantastic to be able to just share EVs to the public and get genuinely curious people uh, into them, touching them, unfortunately not driving them at this event, but uh, it, it was great for exposure. Unfortunately, I'm calling with some bad news today, and that's that yesterday the Ontario government has officially cancelled the uh, electric vehicle incentive program, which was the very generous $14,000 rebate, along with different things like pulling out of cap and trade, which affects you guys in California as well, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, 
there's some interesting wording in the statement. Uh, you can search it if you just search EBIP Ontario in Google. It should be the first link. Um, it talks about dealerships if they've ordered before July 11th and deliveries before September 5th that uh, they won't be affected, but it doesn't mention anything about customers. So Tesla orders, I don't know what is in the air right now for that. Anyway, hope uh, someone has some more insight and hopefully we get some more information soon. Thanks for the great podcast. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much, Andrew, though. I I feel bad making you the bearer of the bad news on this, but uh, this statement that I'm about to read to you comes from the official announcement on this. On July 3rd, 2018, Ontario canceled the cap-and-trade program as part of its commitment to bring gas prices down by 10 cents a litre and help reduce costs for Ontario families and businesses by $1.9 billion per year. Given the Electric and Hydrogen Vehicle Incentive Program and the Electric Vehicle Charging Incentive Programs are funded through cap-and-trade proceeds, these programs are cancelled. Applications will be accepted from dealerships, car owners, or prospective car owners only if one of the following conditions has been met. Number one, eligible vehicles that have been delivered to consumers, registered and plated on or before July 11th will receive the incentive. Number two, inventory the dealers have on lots or orders made by dealerships with manufacturers on or before July 11th will also be honored for the incentive provided that the vehicle is delivered to consumers, registered and plated by September 10th. Number three, in addition, the electric vehicle charging incentive program is canceled effective July 11th. Charging stations purchased and or installed before this date will be eligible to receive incentives if the application is submitted within 60 days of July 11th. That is the conclusion of that statement there. So uh, obviously Canadians are, Ontario residents are are really hit hard by this if they if you've got an all-wheel drive on order if you've got a first I mean any Tesla any any Tesla if you, you've got order on or pardon me on order boy I'm really having trouble today not the not the show to have uh, trouble speaking there's so much to get to here but so John Dixon who's the president of the Tesla Owners Ontario Club uh, got in contact with Tesla and posted this to the Canadian Tesla owners' Facebook group. He said, quote, Tesla is aware that the government changed both the incentive programs for vehicle purchases and home charging equipment on July 11th. The government did not provide advance notice to Tesla. The government did not consult with Tesla on the changes. Tesla will make every effort to engage with the government over the next few days to get clarity as to what this change means for Tesla's long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 customers given the lack of clarity on the government's website. Customers who have ordered the Model 3 with all-wheel drive will not be eligible for government incentives. Given the abruptness of the change, Tesla will be reaching out to impacted customers with more information soon as to how they will be handling deposits for those who feel they need to cancel their orders. And I'll give you the information here in case this is helpful to you. For more information, contact the EVHIP program hotline or email the number is one eight 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 nine eight nine. Pardon me, that's my number. One eight 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 nine 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 three seven nine three, or you can email ehvip at ontario.ca. Well, this is obviously a real shame. I mean, it's one thing to have it phase out, right? Like we're seeing with the the U.S. tax credit, um, and and it's. 
I mean, this is a different scenario because it's you know abruptly just canceled with a with a change in in uh, in power basically. But you know, for it to abruptly end like this is such a big blow to buyers, especially when we're talking about such a big chunk of money. I mean, this is not a one or two thousand dollar incentive, and I'm not saying that isn't a lot of money. It is, but we're talking about. 14,000 Canadian dollars. This is that is a lot of money and I mean it's as the as the the note there from John Dixon the president of the the uh, Ontario group suggests I mean it's you know it's it's a substantial amount such that some people are going to either want or need to cancel their orders because of this and it's glad it's nice to hear that Tesla seems to be uh, making they're going to make that process as easy as possible for people that that do want or need to do that. But this is really a shame, and I'm I'm uh, my seriously my, my heart goes out to to Canadian uh, reservation holders and Canadian well Canadian order holders because you know if I try to put myself in those shoes, you know if 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 there were this big this very generous incentive where I lived, uh, you know on on that magnitude, and, and it was such that without it. I wouldn't be able to to make the car happen, and I had to cancel my order and not get the car. That just, that, I mean, I, I'm putting myself, I'm imagining that right now, and I'd be devastated. You know, this, this. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you've been waiting. You know, you've been excited about this car probably for a long time, and it's just your your heart's ripped out for you know this this wonderful car that that now you know you 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 can't have uh, because because of this. The cancellation of this program, so that's just a real shame, and and uh, I'm really sorry to uh, to Canadian folks that are affected by this. All right, there's uh, there's no real segueing from that, but fortunately the news gets better as we move on with the show this week. P3D and all-wheel drive Model Threes appear to be getting a bit closer. A user that goes by the name of Auto Spy on the Tesla Motors Club forum noted in a thread that the California Air Resources Board posted their certification for specifically the all-wheel drive and performance Model 3s, because I guess those have to get tested separately because the drivetrain is different. Now, the listed uh, UDDS, which, by the way, is the Urban Dynamometer Driving Schedule, so it's basically an urban version of an EPA test, lists the range of... uh, 455.32 miles for the all-wheel drive and performance models versus 495.1 miles for the rear-wheel drive Model 3. So certainly in the, in that, you know, in, because the test is conducted at like 19 miles an hour or something. And so at that low speed, the all-wheel drive isn't doing anything for you. It's just an extra couple hundred pounds, 150, 200 pounds worth the motor in the front, so that's where that rear-wheel drive gets the uh, the efficiency improvement in that particular low-speed test. So, uh, as as another TMC user, MP3 Mike notes, this is an eight percent hit on the on the ur- urban range compared to the rear-wheel drive car. But uh, again, remember that that this is only urban, so that eight percent hit may very well be counteracted, perhaps even totally the swinging the other way, by the highway test when that comes around where the torque sleep can help maximize efficiency on, uh, on the motors. But then again, 
as I mentioned, you're you're also carrying more weight around so on dual motor car. So we'll have to, it'll be curious to see uh, what those tests reveal for the for the range. And obviously, once the cars start getting delivered, what the rear world <laughs> boy today is not my day. Real world, my goodness. Real. If if this is your first episode, I'm very sorry. It's not normally like this. I normally have a better grasp of the English language, but anyway, um, regardless, it, we've got. It's a good sign for the efficiency of the dual motor car. I mean that it's that it is still putting up pretty significant numbers on this urban driving test. Now, I asked Elon this week on Twitter for an update on the P3Ds because obviously I have a vested interest in that. And he was kind enough to respond to me, and he said, quote, Should be very soon. We've already made around 100 Model 3 performance cars for test drives in stores. And in fact, an aerial photo from the Fremont factory turned up online this week showing, at least in the photo, about 40 red P3Ds with white interior and 20-inch wheels parked outside in in a big cluster which I suspect these cars are probably part of that 100-car test drive fleet that Elon mentioned. In fact, on uh, Friday, just before I got set to record, a Twitter user sent me a picture or tagged me in a picture uh, of, of P3, red P3Ds with white interior on a truck, on a car carrier. So those were likely heading out to... Uh, to, to stores for test drives, whether they're going to Bay Area stores or whether these were trucking out even farther. So uh, now, obviously, of course, I, I'm very confident in saying that these were P3Ds specifically because white interior, which you could clearly see in the photos, even the aerial photos, at this point in time, we know that uh, any any Model 3 with a white interior is a performance car. And as if to <laughs> further cement it, Later on in, in the day on Friday, uh, so very just busy all week, like I said, the official Tesla account tweeted, quote, Model 3 performance with all-wheel drive, so that they're just, that's just don't get confused. They're not saying the, the regular all-wheel drive. Mo- Model 3 performance will start shipping to customers in late July. So that is the first semblance of a real timeline that I have seen for the P3Ds. You know, we had, what was it? I think it was just last week. Elon had told me on Twitter, he said July, but wasn't any more specific than that. Now we've got the official Tesla account saying late July, which is, uh, which honestly, like that makes me feel good that, I mean, there's a chance I'm going to be in that group because my order was placed, uh, you know, on that first day of performance orders. So, and I don't have to go far to get the car just a, you know, 45 minutes away down to Fremont to go get it. So I'm fingers crossed, toes crossed that I might be in that group. I don't have a VIN yet for those of the, uh, a number of people have been asking me, but I did get a purchase agreement and so did a number of other early P3D uh, order holders uh, got that as well. The purchase agreement showed up on the account. So that's something, that's some forward progress at least. But So now I am circling the calendar hoping that, uh, you know, I probably won't have the car in time for next week's show, which, by the way, next week is, next weekend, is Daisy's first birthday. So that's going to be fun. We'll have to do, we'll do something fun. Whether it's go to the beach or or uh, find a, like, a doggy cupcake or something, we'll do something fun. But it's possible, it is possible 
that in two shows from now, maybe three, I might have it. We'll see. I'm uh, now. I think I talked about this last week, but now that I've sold my car and I'm just sharing my wife's car, and we're a one-car house, and you know, it's thankfully it's worked out rather well so far. But we've still already had a couple of points where it's like, uh, okay, who gets the car? What do we do? Now I'm getting really antsy to get my car. So we'll see what happens. But uh, speaking of Model Three and that that test drive fleet, thirty thousand test drive signups on tesla.com slash model three, according to Electrek sources, so credit to them on this. And according to their same source, the entire sales team from each store will get a $300 shared team-wide, team-pooled commission for each performance model three they sell. Now that's interesting because of course, Tesla's whole model is to not uh, sell cars on commission. This is something of a commission. It's more of a, of a spiff, I guess. Um, at least spiff is the term when I worked at Staples in college. And like, if we sold a cell phone to somebody, we'd get a five, like a $5 spiff. I don't even remember what it stood for. And most of you, I'm sorry if it's just a, a, a nonsense term to most of you. I'm not sure if that's a common term or just a Staples thing from <laughs> circa, circa 2000, but in any case, it does kind of sound a bit like a commission type thing, does it not? So, you know, that's uh, it's a little concerning. I mean, I get why Tesla would do that because Tesla is now, as, as Elon has been has made very very clear, Tesla is in full blown let's get profitable mode, which is good. They need to be profitable, so then. The forces of darkness that would conspire against them will have uh, much lower odds of doing any meaningful damage to them if they can be sustainably profitable. But I just hope that this this you know this little three hundred dollar carrot that they're dangling uh, to sales folks and their teams for selling performance Model Threes. I hope it doesn't sour what is what is currently pretty widely regarded as a very pleasant experience for people that go into Tesla stores, since the staff there again traditionally have been paid not on commissions, uh, but instead they're just they're there and they make their wage uh, regardless of whether they sell cars or not, and and they're there to simply answer questions, and they're not there to be pushy to try and get you you know get you to buy a car no matter what so. We'll see about that. Now, speaking of the P3Ds and test drives, once again, the official Tesla account giving out some good information late this week, they they tweeted out this. There are test drive performance Model 3s now in transit to over 90 store locations across the USA. They'll arrive throughout next week. So uh, I wonder how that's going to go. I, In the sense that, speaking for me personally, I did, you know, I signed up right away, uh, as I told you about last week, and I did get the call and get in, got invited to do a test drive, and I politely declined it and said, oh, I'd, I'd rather someone that hasn't driven the car yet get that slot, uh, because I'm just interested in driving the performance version, since that's that's what I'm purchasing, and they were fine. I said, okay, that's no problem, but I don't know if I'm going to, I guess I, I probably, I'm probably crossed off the list at this point, but I guess I can't complain. Hopefully I'll have my car soon enough. But uh, so if you have signed up for a test drive and it happens to get scheduled, you know, in the, maybe in a week or two, 
you may very well get your hands on the Performance Model 3. So I guess the one bit of, of uh, I don't know if advice is the right word, but if you signed up for the test drive and you get contacted this week, you should ask, maybe definitively ask, do you have the Performance Model 3? Is that the car that will be doing the test drive? And if they say no, then maybe say, hey, could you please keep me on your list? I'd like to defer that test drive for now. So, And that's, of course, if you're interested in driving the Performance Model 3, which uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a second why Elon recommends that for reasons you can probably imagine. But he actually spoke to that on Twitter this week as well. But in any case, yeah, so uh, it, it looks like the test drive fleet is exactly my configuration. By the, by the sound of it and by the, the anecdotal evidence we have so far. So the, the test drive cars will be white interior, multi-coat red exterior, Model 3s with the 20-inch wheels. So uh, it'll be the first chance any of us have to see the white interior up close and personal. All right. Uh, we're not done talking about the Performance Model 3 yet. That has been uh, the car talked about a lot this week and not just by me. So more on the performance car. Now, Tesla has been very vague uh, to the to the frustration of a lot of folks out there uh, that I, I've heard from a number of you. I've seen forum threads from plenty of other folks. But Tesla's been a bit vague about whether or not the upgraded sport brakes that Elon had told me about a while back, whether or not those are included with the base performance trim or whether you have to add the $5,000 performance package in order to get those sport brakes. Well, a Tesla Motors uh, Reddit user from r slash Tesla Motors, who goes by the username of Lunaris, got word back from, uh, from someone at Tesla. So this is from the horse's mouth. That rep said, quote, I had the chance to confirm with my supervisor that the brake calipers are upgraded with the $5,000 performance upgrade package. He also confirmed that the 18-inch aero wheels cannot fit with the upgraded brake calipers. If you wish to purchase a set of wheels with winter tires, the 19-inch sport wheels will fit. I really appreciate your patience while I received confirmation, end quote. Uh... That I had a Tesla source reach out to me to sort of further corroborate that this week as well. So that that does indeed appear to be the case. So if you have a P3D on order or you're considering one, that bit of vague uh, information hopefully is now a bit clearer for you. So uh, the next thing I wanted to mention about this is... uh, Where'd this go? I lost my place. Oh, Elon, uh, further clarifying this in a tweet, by the way. So so he said, performance version suspension is one centimeter lower and has stronger brakes in the upgrade package. So the former, the first half of that tweet is actually new news. And the second half is him sort of further confirming what, uh, what my Tesla source and what, what Lunaris's, uh, Tesla representative told him. So interesting that the performance version does indeed sit an inch lower, even on those 20 inch wheels. So, um, my, (laughs) I'm doing my driveway this week that, you know, I told you all about, I've got to raise just that one side of, of the, the downhill part of my driveway so as not to scrape and bottom out. So at least, at least, uh, now I know that it's a centimeter lower and 
So that's all really, that's for me in particular, that's very helpful information. So I appreciate Elon tweeting that. And uh, I mean, just to wrap up this point, I mean, I guess it does make sense about the brakes, that the brakes would be part of the performance package. I mean, it's a shame that they don't fit with the 18-inch wheels if you want to go with those, but I guess, you know, from the as far as the performance upgrade package goes, it does add a lot of value to that as a as a $5,000 package upgrade and and obviously, you know, it's if you want a separate set of winter tires and wheels, you got to go 19 or bust. I mean, you could get just 20-inch winter tires, I suppose. That is that is certainly an option. Um while, or st- again, there's still there's more performance stuff. It was a very performance-tastic week this week for a million different little reasons as I run through them all. But I'm on the last one now, don't worry. If you don't care about performance, I'll be on to another topic in just a second. But Tesla posted again on their Twitter feed, uh, big ups to the Tesla Twitter feed this week. Lots of, lots of good stuff on there. They posted a really neat little 20-something second video of the Performance Model 3 on a skid pad uh, on the Twitter page there. And it's, it's, boy, it's a very, what appears to be a very talented driver basically drifting the car around in circles at pretty decent speeds. Just like, just going around and around on a, on a, you know, on a drift sideways skid. It's, I've probably watched that video 20 times because I just, I don't know, there's, I'm compelled by it. It's just cool to see it in action. Now, uh, what, what I can see is that the, the car looks incredibly balanced thanks to that all-wheel drive and those sticky 20-inch tires, though I will confess that I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be looking for while watching a skid pad test. Um, thankfully, though, the kind folks at Teslarati answered it for me when I was on there during the week uh, picking up a story from them. They wrote, skid pad tests usually involve accelerating a vehicle until the outermost tires begin slipping. Once this happens, the speed of the vehicle is recorded and a car's handling in terms of lateral Gs can be derived. Tesla did not mention the skid pad numbers of the Model 3 performance in its recent post, but vehicles' figures in the tests are usually correlated with the overall handling of the car. Skid pad tests can be among the most productive evaluations for high-performance vehicles and yield invaluable feedback from experienced test drivers. So thank you, Teslarati, for totally just educating me on a skid pad test and what it and the, the context and meaning of it. I appreciate that, Teslarati. And then uh, the final point on this, Elon Musk taking to Twitter to speak very highly of the P3D once again, which he's done a couple of times before. He tweeted this week, quote, whether you plan to buy a dual motor performance Model 3 or not, take it for a test drive anyway. It's like having pure fun jacked straight into your brain whenever you want, end quote. And emphasis mine. (laughs) So to hear Elon describe it kind of like I'm picturing it, which is basically I'm picturing this car as being my own personal roller coaster because that's what the, I mean that's what the P100Ds are all the performance cars that Tesla makes you get your own personal roller coaster they're just crazy they're so much fun you know my cousin Pat's P85 is a blast and oh my goodness so 
my own roller coaster. Let's do it. I can't wait. All right, enough performance talk. Let's talk instead about Gigafactory. Tesla officially announcing their China Gigafactory location, and it will be in Shanghai, which, of course, you'll recall, Tesla themselves had previously stated at the recent annual shareholders meeting. The South China Morning Post was reporting on this, and they wrote, quote, The Palo Alto, California-based carmaker will establish its Gigafactory 3. Remember, Gigafactory 2 is the Buffalo Solar Plant uh, that, that does all of the solar panels and tiles for Tesla. The car maker will establish its Gigafactory 3 at Lingang. Uh, boy, I don't know how to... Lingang? Lingang? I'm not sure how to pronounce this, and I'm slaughtering it, and I feel horrible. Uh, Lingang. Lingang? Boy, I'm sorry. Near Shanghai's free trade zone with an annual capacity to produce 500,000 electric vehicles, according to an announcement. The wholly foreign-owned plant, the car plant in China, to operate without a local partner will also be the largest overseas manufacturing investment in the Chinese city, possibly surpassing Walt Disney's $5.5 billion spending in Shanghai Disney Resort. Shanghai city officials did not disclose the amount of investment, and Tesla officials were not available for comment. Tesla's chief executive, Elon Musk, on a three-day visit to Shanghai and Beijing, met Shanghai's mayor, Ying Yang, a governmental source familiar with the matter, said. Well, other than me uh, unintentionally and, and uh, feeling very bad about destroying the, the name of the, the town there. This is fantastic news, particularly in light of the geopolitical situation that is brewing right now, because this will allow Tesla to have a wholly owned factory in China, as we've talked about before, which will drive costs of their cars that are sold there in China down. So that's good news for Tesla. That's good news for Tesla shareholders. That's good news for Chinese citizens that are interested in purchasing Teslas. This is good news for everyone. And the, the one thing I was left wondering is I, I do wonder if that so-called trade war uh, is going to motivate Tesla to try and really fast track the project. I mean, if they're so focused on profitability right now, I'm not sure they can, even if they want to. So I'm curious to see how the Shanghai Gigafactory plays out as far as the timeline for it goes. Also, you noted it in there, you, you might have heard that they're planning on making a capacity of 500,000 model, uh, just Teslas, per year out of that factory, which means the output in that Shanghai Gigafactory will be roughly, not quite, but I mean, roughly the same th possible output as Fremont itself does. I mean, you know, Elon has said that he hopes to get a little bit more out of Fremont eventually. Like, there, I think the number was around 700,000 total vehicles per year. But uh, they are nevertheless in Shanghai going to effectively be able to mirror Fremont's production as Daisy the Boxer Puppy drinks up, if you happen to be hearing that on mic. Though, uh, of course, the, there's no, they don't have to mirror it exactly. The Shanghai uh, Gigafactory will be able to tailor that mix of vehicles to the tastes and preferences of the Chinese market. So if it turns out that, that the Chinese market wants, you know, is, is gonna, there's a higher demand for S's or a higher demand for X's, they'll be able to do that uh, however they see fit. Next story this week. Adding to the list of future features that we can look forward to is a new interior pre-cooling setting 
Uh, you know, the, the car can already do it, the app, you can do it through the app, but a particular setting has been suggested uh, via the Tesla Motors Reddit. It was brought to Elon's attention by a, a Twitter user going by the name of Tesla Model 3 Fan, who I know follows me. Uh, I've exchanged tweets with that person, actually, and uh, Tesla Model 3 Fan asked Elon, said, quote, excellent idea slash feature request for remote AC slash overheat protection. Point vents to the hot seats to cool them down. So basically aiming them at the seats uh, and then linked to the Reddit thread about it. Elon replied saying simply, okay. So I guess technically Elon didn't say they'd do it technically, but that's what Elon is saying. So I hope they can add this soon while the summer still rages, especially it's, it's we've had quite the heat wave for basically all of the country not named San Francisco uh, over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if that can get fast-tracked to make it usable this summer by all Tesla owners. Something that's not for all Tesla owners, but is going to make a handful of you, in the grand scheme of things, a handful very happy, early Model X 100Ds. So if you if you got your X, or if your X is one of the the first 100Ds, one of the early ones when they first switched over from 90 kilowatt hour batteries to 100s. There is an uncorking for you. And this comes to me via Teslarati. It's uh, who they got it via Drag Times. Brooks, who I've, I've mentioned, uh, he, you know, he's, he's big. He takes, he takes all the latest and greatest Teslas out onto the, the drag strip and races them and gets, the, gets all that V-Box data and the quarter mile times and, and all that fun stuff. So Teslarati noting that after the uncorking was completed on Brooks's early 100D, uh, Brooks opted to test the vehicle's performance in order to compare it to its previous figures. As noted by Brooks, his X100D was doing 0 to 60 in 4.6 seconds and running the quarter mile in 13.2 seconds before the update. And the uh, X also had a maximum power output of 380 kilowatts. After the update, Brooks immediately noted that the vehicle's power output had jumped to 409 kilowatts, uh, which is pretty darn good, uh, even with the 100D's battery sitting down at 50%. So it wasn't even a state of charge thing. Uh, with the vehicle's battery fully charged, the Model X 100D featured a 0-60 to 60 time of 4.4 seconds. That's a, so that's two-tenths shaved off right there. And a quarter-mile time of a flat 13 seconds, so picking up two-tenths there as well. So that is super cool. So again, if you happen to have an early build 100D Model X, I would highly suggest contacting your local service center to inquire about this upgrade, which should be free if it is indeed available to you. Brooks noted uh, he had the Ranger service come out to his house to do it. You might be able to get the same, or, or at worst, you just schedule a service center visit and uh, go do it, because apparently it's not just an over-the-air thing on this one, which the, the Model S 75D uncorkings, when those were going on, those required a service center visit as well. But uh, the bottom line here, this is just yet another example of Tesla's getting better the longer you own them. Love it. I mean, we're all going to benefit from this in some way, shape, or form over the, over the time that we have our, 
our Teslas. It's going to be awesome. It already is awesome for those of you that are owners. And it's already awesome even if you're not, just to watch these cars get better and better. All right. I uh, wanted to mention a couple of other things this week. There is a really interesting story, actually two things, on Bloomberg Business Week from this week about Tesla and the Model 3. Uh, and two of the authors involved are Dana Hull and Tom Randall, who I think are, are two absolutely wonderful reporters that, that do uh, overall just a, a great job of covering Tesla in a pretty fair way. So I thought, I thought their piece was excellent, and I recommend everybody check it out. I think it's pretty balanced. There are, there are definitely some tough questions and some criticisms and some tough things to read in there as a, as a Tesla super enthusiast. But there is also a lot of recognition in it as well of what Tesla has achieved. And, you know, the, the reason, part of the reason I like this piece so much is because uh, Dana and Tom and, and the other authors of this piece, they went in and they talked to a lot of people at Tesla in their reporting. And, and uh, through that reporting, even I, someone who eats, sleeps, lives, and breathes Tesla on a daily basis, I learned a lot that I didn't know before. I want to give you a taste. I'm not going to give you the whole thing. It's also a very long piece, so I I'd, I'd, uh, would not be <laughs> the right venue to just read it aloud to you in its entirety here, but here's a taste of it. In early 2015, Musk convened a meeting of his top engineers in a windowless conference room at the factory. There were 12 people, including experts in batteries, design, chassis, interiors, body, drive systems, safety, and thermodynamics. Musk, who did not attend himself, had gathered them to figure out what the Model 3 would be. Creating a low-cost electric car is about maximizing range in every possible way. For instance, Tesla's designers added plastic covers, costing $1.50 each, to hide four pads on the underside of the car where a jack goes. They also opted for four-piston monoblock caliper brakes, which are usually reserved for more expensive cars. But since the brakes are lightweight, they lower the car's battery requirements and overall cost. Musk decreed that the Model 3 would have a single central touchscreen for all controls and information, which would both cut costs and allow Tesla to push the front seats forward to allow for more rear legroom. Tesla's design chief, Franz von Holzhausen, spent the 2015 Christmas holiday figuring out how to design a car interior without a traditional dashboard. Musk declared he didn't want visible air vents. Quote, I don't want to see any holes, von Holzhausen recalls him saying. Uh, Franz paired engineer Joseph Mardal with designer Pete Blades to figure that one out. Blades' sketch called for a recessed gap across the entire width of the car from which the air would flow with a long strip of wood instead of the dash. Mardal pointed out that to make the approach work, the entire ventilation system would need to be redesigned. Are we serious about this? He recalls asking. Musk was serious, but a second problem soon appeared. The wooden strip just below the air gap worked like an airplane wing, sucking cold air down and shooting it into the driver's lap. Mardal, an aerodynamic specialist, proposed adding a second hidden gap from which the air would shoot straight up, lifting the main blast of cold air above the piece of wood and away from the driver's crotch. Quote, it was one of those eureka moments, Blades recalls, still in awe of the elegance of the solution. Quote, the spine still tingles. 
And then finally, the system blades and Mardal design combines all of the components of a standard HVAC system into a single basketball-sized globe of molded plastic tucked under the hood, which Tesla calls the Super Bottle. The globe is stamped with a logo of a bottle wearing a superhero cape. So uh, there's a lot more in the story, as, as well as uh, Tom Randall did a separately uh, a whole big long interview with Elon uh, and he, he got to, he asked him a lot of really great stuff to which as usual, Elon was, was pretty forthcoming about. So really recommend reading this story and Tom's Elon interview. And I, I tell you, I particularly love that story about the HVAC system because, uh, I'd never heard that. And I'd never heard the timeline, uh, of the, of the model three projects origin before that it was, that it was, uh, early 2015, so just not too far over a year before the car was unveiled. I mean, that's that's pretty quick. That's pretty crazy. Uh, there's also, again, there's a lot more in there, including uh, some interesting stuff about how Tesla makes its own seats in-house. So kudos to Tom Randall, Dana Hall, uh, and the other authors of that piece, Josh Idelson and John Lippert. Good job. I thought those were really compelling stories to read on uh, Bloomberg Business Week this past week. Finally, and believe me, it's, it's been a very long show already. The Model 3 Design Studio is now open to anyone and everyone. You can just go on tesla.com and click right in and design and order a car. There are no more reservations, though uh, you will be given priority if word on the street is correct. If you already have a reservation, you will still get your proper priority there. And, uh, you know, Tesla, it's very clear when you go to Tesla.com that the anti-selling from the past couple of years is over. When you go to Tesla.com, Model 3 is now the first thing you see on the Tesla homepage. No longer is Model 3 buried on its own page that you have to specifically click tiny font at the top of the page to get to. But man, it's, it's crazy to think of, you know, again, I like to say a lot on this podcast, you know, pull back take the 10,000 foot view. If you just sort of just, just pull back a little bit. I mean, remember, I mean, even as recently as about a year ago, Tesla was actively talking about anti-selling the Model 3, just trying to steer people away from it, get them into an S, into a car that Tesla can sell right then and there. And here we are. So uh, anti-selling is over. Hiding the Model 3 is over. They are ready and willing to sell it. So uh, go poke around on there. If you have not been in the design studio, have at it. Have fun. Enjoy it. And on a similar note, a uh, message passed along by Kevin from Salt Lake City to, uh, to all Utahns, a red Model 3, Kevin reports, is now in your Salt Lake City Tesla showroom to sit in and check out. It's not for test drives, evidently. Uh, not this one, and at least not yet. But you can hop in there sit in the car, feel it, see it, touch it, experience it in actual meat space rather than just in a YouTube video or a, or a photo on a screen. So go check that out. All right, that was a crazy long news segment. Still more to get to. We've got the Ride the Lightning hotline. As usual, a bunch of excellent calls queued up, which I'll get to in just a moment.
Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to shine. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either record something on your smartphone using your phone's built-in voice memo recorder. They all have it. And then just email the file to me at my email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call the toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline and leave a message. Please, uh, no, no matter how you're doing it, just try to keep it to about a minute, minute and a half tops. That would be super helpful. That helps keep the show flowing nicely. Uh, most of you have been super good about that, which I appreciate. And so uh, the toll-free number, of course, you may have it memorized by now, 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And of course, you know what I'm about to say now. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's get right to it. Cameron from here in San Francisco is curious about uh, mods for Model 3 and what he uh, he's, he's eyeing and what I might be eyeing. Cameron, go ahead. Hey Ryan, this is Cameron calling from San Francisco, California. My question to you is, what aftermarket plans do you have for your Model 3 in regard to services and accessories and add-ons? Um, one thing I did that I'm really happy with is a ceramic tint on all the windows. Um, the front windshield is a clear ceramic tint, so it's permissible under California law, and I did a dark tint, um, relatively legal, on uh, all the side windows. I mean, it's really just done a great job at um, keeping the heat out and giving me a, a basic level of privacy while I'm driving or while I'm parked supercharging. Um, hope to hear from you soon. Thanks so much for the great show, and can't wait for to the next one. Bye. Thanks for calling, Cameron. It's funny you bring this up because I had ceramic tint on my old car that I just sold, and I, I just never really thought about it because I got it like right after I got the car. But now that I've been driving my wife's car, which doesn't have any window tinting, I can notice a huge difference even here in the relatively mild San Francisco Bay Area weather. I have been roasting in that car with the sun out compared to my old car. So now I definitely want to get tinting done. Uh, ceramic is great. I've heard that 3M crystalline is sort of the new hotness, although I confess I haven't done my full research on window tinting yet. Uh, and by the pardon the phrasing, new hotness, haha. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I do want to do tinting, and I, I want to try and do it relatively soon after getting the car, particularly if I'm going to be getting my car in July or, or August, whatever it ends up being, that's still a you know, warm part of the year. In fact, San Francisco its warmest month, we September tends to sort of be our our little one month summer that we get, if you can even call it that. But um, priority number one for me, nevertheless, though, is getting that paint protection film on the car. I'm really, really keen to get that on the front of the car. Now, aside from that, I personally intend to keep my Model Three pretty stock. Uh, I want to do a clear satin film wrap on the center console. So I want to keep pretty much keep the look of it, but I just want to ward off the scratches and the fingerprints that 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 glossy finish, uh, you know, plastic uh, bits on the the surface of the center console seems to draw. And I also uh, I I ordered one of the Jada wireless charging pads to go in the center console. Uh, I have a I have an iPhone 10, so it's got the Qi charging capability. So I'd like to have that in the car. Uh, so again, I, I did order it with my own money, 
So I will get it. I will review it, whether it's with my car or I know I talked to Michael from Milbray. Maybe we'll, we'll try to review it sooner by, by using it in his car. Um, like I said, it's, but I just need a car to test it in, but I will definitely give you my honest take on it. Um, and I will say, Cameron, I'd, I'd love for you to email me about who your, your installer was on your tinting, if you don't mind, uh, cause assuming you were happy with them, it might be a, a good place for me to start. So thank you very much in advance for that. And thank you for your call. Next up, we've got Lars, a uh, friend fr- of the show. He's in, he's from Spain, but he's not there which uh, doesn't really tie into his call, but it's fun nevertheless. He wants to talk, again, kind of confusion over the performance upgrade package. Lars, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Lars. I'm from Spain, but I'm currently traveling in Japan with my family on holidays, actually not far from Mount Fuji, where you recently had another caller from. I'm calling you about the performance upgrade package for the Model 3. See, I'm a bit in the same situation as you, as I am hoping to get the performance version once we get the European prices announced. Uh, let's see how that goes. But I'm a bit on the fence about the performance upgrade because it's $5,000 and you get um, 20-inch rims, you get the spoiler and you get the aluminium pedals, and then you get uh, an additional top speed. Now, the additional top speed I'm definitely not going to use. The spoiler I don't really care about, and I don't really care about the aluminium pedals either so really the only thing for me in that package would be the 20 inch rims now i do like them i must admit that i really dislike the 18 inch aero wheels but i can't justify 5,000 for a set of rims basically so my question is is there any way to get the 19 inch uh, sport wheels for the performance version or is there any other way to get the 20 inch uh, sport rims um, for the performance version without having to pay up $5,000. Keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, Lars. Thank you for calling in. As you heard earlier in the podcast, we seem to finally have uh, clarification and confirmation that the sport braking package, those larger rotors and calipers uh, that are also those red calipers, being part of that $5,000 performance upgrade package. But if that also doesn't matter to you, let's return to your original question. And the answers are no and yes. Unfortunately, there is no way for you to get the 19-inch wheels from the design studio with a, with a performance order without... So you'd have to buy them separately. And then, obviously, if you did that, you would have two sets of wheels. If you did want to go to the trouble, however, I would be willing to bet that if you posted on the Tesla Motors Club forums, or maybe there's a section for it on the, the Tesla Reddit you might find somebody willing to trade you their 19s for your 20s um, under some mutually beneficial arrangement. And uh, also, it's yes to your other question about acquiring the 20s separately if you wanted to order the P3D with 18-inch wheels and you're not, not going to do the brakes, not going to do the performance upgrade package. You could order the 20s from the online Tesla shop, but just note that it's $4,000. So... That is that now, to be fair, at least, that is the total bottom line turnkey price. It includes shipping, it includes installation at the service center. But four grand, that's pretty close to the five grand of the performance package. And then again, uh, I mean, if you don't care about anything else, then hey, maybe saving the thousand dollars or I guess whatever the equivalent is going to be in euros when, when you guys in Europe are able to order next year, uh, maybe that, that, 
$1,000 savings will be worthwhile to you. So, Lars, I hope that helps. Thanks for your call. Let's go to John from Louisville, Colorado, uh, who also has a little performance upgrade package confusion. We'll see if we can help him. John, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. John from Louisville, Colorado. Thanks for the great show. Question, can you walk through the pricing models uh, or configurations for the Model 3, specifically the performance and the performance upgrade? I'm a little bit confused, and I'm sure you can make it very simple and easy to understand. Thanks, and cheers. Bye. I agree that it is a bit confusing, John. They, they probably should have named the performance option package something else so as not to confuse it with the base performance trim so it's like well i got i'm ordering the performance package with the performance package like what <laughs> anyway the $5000 optional performance upgrade package now we know it gets you the red brake calipers the uh, carbon fiber spoiler the McCaffrey metal pedals <laughs> and uh, the the sport brakes and the top speed increase from 145 miles an hour to 155 miles an hour, which, yes, is silly because that is a benefit that literally no one will ever see. But um, I guess it's another, it makes makes the list look longer. Um, and, and like I said, we now we finally got clarity on those sport breaks, as you heard earlier in the show. Uh, our next call is an, a purely informational one. I love these. Brad from St. Louis replying to a caller from last week about paint thickness and multi-coat paint. I'm just going to let Brad explain it because uh, this was super, super informative for me. Brad, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Brad Whiteside from St. Louis, and I wanted to talk a little bit in regards to the gentleman's call from last week from San Diego about the difference between paint thickness on the different kinds of paints specifically the multi-coat and obsidian black, if I remember correctly. Paint thickness is typically measured in mils, which is one one-thousandth of an inch. An average paint job is typically between four and five mils thick. When it comes to multi-coat, I think you're looking closer to six and seven mils, but more paint doesn't always equal more durability. In fact, most paint manufacturers will recommend a certain mill thickness for their paints. Obviously, none of this is ever exceeded by the car manufacturer, but I was wanting to give my two cents on that. You were absolutely correct in stating that multi-coat is much harder to repair and match correctly. Coming from an automotive refinish technician, I personally would not get a multi-coat but to each their own. I would personally go with a paint that is easier to match because then it's an easier repair for myself, but typically a cheaper repair as well. I hope this helps your listeners on future decisions with paints and their Model 3 reservations. As always, Ryan, look forward to hearing your thoughts and keep up the good work. Brad, this is one of those calls where I just have nothing to add. You are clearly very knowledgeable on this topic, so all I'm going to do is tip my cap and say thank you, seriously, for educating me and all of your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners on this. I really appreciate that explanation. Uh, and again, this, this is one reason why I love this part of the show so much, is because I get to learn stuff and hear from other people. 
Thank you, Brad. Next up, our friend Joe from Emotion Rentals wanted to call in about the new bill that I talked about last week, HR 6274, that proposes a continuation of, uh, in, a, in a slightly different way, of the federal tax credit on electric vehicles. Joe, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Joe from Emotion Rentals calling about HR 6274, the bill that would extend the federal tax credit for 10 years that you mentioned in episode 153. Right now, the bill is a total of three sponsors, all Democrats. The main sponsor is Representative Peter Welch from Vermont. It has two co-sponsors, Representatives Jared Huffman from Northern California and Jackie Rosen from Nevada near Reno. Notably absent from sponsorship is Representative Ro Khanna from Fremont, a Democrat, Representative Mark Amadai, a Republican from the Sparks area covering the Gigafactory, and Representative Brian Higgins, a Democrat, representing Gigafactory 2 near Buffalo. The lack of representatives from Tesla areas says to me at least that this bill might not have much active support from Tesla. It would help the bill to have Elon making the rounds on Capitol Hill supporting the legislation. But I'm not sure Elon's heart is into extending the tax credit. Remember, Elon said in the 2017 Q1 conference call, and I'm quoting, Over the years, there's been all sorts of irritating articles like Tesla survives because of government subsidies and tax credits. It drives me crazy. Here's what those fools don't realize is Tesla is not alone in the car industry, but all those things would be material if we were the, we were the only car company in existence. We are not. There are many car companies. What matters is whether we have a relative advantage in the market. And in fact, the incentives give us a relative disadvantage. So Tesla might not be actively lobbying to support H.R. 6274. If the bill has any legs, Mr. Welch's staff will need to drum up many co-sponsors from both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. They need co-sponsors from areas that represent legacy car companies, like Representatives Brenda Lawrence from Detroit, representing GM, and Debbie Dingell from Dearborn, representing Ford. And those representatives are all Democrats, so they're going to need Republicans, too. Without bipartisan sponsorship, the bill will never make it out of committee, and will certainly not reach the House floor. And there needs to be, don't forget, an identical bill in the Senate with similar cross-aisle sponsorship. So my apologies for the lengthy call. Thanks for having me on the show, Ryan, and keep up the good work. You make a lot of great points here, Joe, and I'm glad you called in about this because I was thinking about this very same topic this week. I actually think you might be right Elon has repeatedly mentioned how the tax credit is actually a disadvantage for Tesla in his eyes, so he may be content to let it expire. Now, however, it is going to put Tesla at a distinct disadvantage for a time if their competitors actually get serious about electric vehicles. For instance, if Porsche is smart, they will price the Taycan, the, aka the Mission E, uh, so that it's less than the Model S when you factor in the tax credit. And Porsche can sell a lot of them before their credit goes away, considering that the Taycan is the only electric car, the only car in Porsche's lineup that would qualify for the credit. Same goes for Jaguar, 
with the iPACE. Audi with their upcoming uh, electric, Q, uh, the e-tron, the, the SUV. And basically everybody not named GM or Nissan. Now, then again, Elon, uh, like I said, might, might like that in some roundabout way, even though his competitors would be, you know, kind of have a, a temporary competitive advantage, but it would, it would get more car makers building EVs and more people buying them, which is Tesla's mission statement. So we'll see. Thank you for that call, Joe. Let us go now to our friend Mike in Boston, checking in with, uh, Week six of Model 3 ownership, but he also has a ceramic coating question. Let's talk to Mike. Hey, Ryan. It's Mike from Boston. How are you? And I hope that your boxer puppy is doing well. Also, I'm calling. um, I have had my Model 3 for six weeks now. I am in love with this car still. Uh, It is just an incredible vehicle. As I said before, uh, the autopilot has made my commute so much better. It is just a dream. Um, the other thing I want to say, I have almost 6,000 miles on the car already. I've taken several uh, long road trips, one from Boston to way west in Pennsylvania, almost Ohio, and another one in Pennsylvania uh, for family gatherings, and the car is just a dream. The supercharger network is fantastic. It's inexpensive. The brakes are right when you need a brake, three to three and a half hours into driving. Uh, I cannot say enough about the car. The sound system is fantastic. I'm just about to have the uh, ceramic coating done. I have been listening uh, with interest about both the ceramic coating and the, uh, the the bra or the coating, and I'm gonna choose to do the ceramic first and then the uh, other coating on the front later. Uh, anyway, I love the podcast. Thank you so much for everything you do. I uh, can't wait for you to get your car and experience what an amazing vehicle this is. Thanks again. Love the podcast. Thanks for the check-in, Mike. And uh, wow, I have to say, I have to tip my hat to you, sir. Almost 6,000 miles in just six weeks. That is super impressive. You better start budgeting for new tires at that rate, my friend. But uh, more seriously, one thing to point out based on what you said If you're interested in doing paint protection film on the front of the car, I would recommend doing that before the ceramic coating because that ceramic coating isn't going to do you too much good sitting under the film. And I would personally recommend, but I'm not an expert, obviously. Uh, That's why I had to interview one uh, last month. But if you are doing one at a time as your budget allows, I would do the film first. Because the sooner you can get that protective film on the front of the car, the less chance that a, a rock or something will actually chip paint off of the, the front or hood of your car. Because ceramic coating is not going to save you from a rock chip, remember. It's, ceramic coating is basically like a super deluxe waxing job for your car. So I hope that helps. All the best to you, Mike. Happy driving. Happy electric motoring. Kevin from Philadelphia 
uh, is wants uh, to talk about when to order. As uh, now we have a little more clarity on that with the tax credit. So Kevin, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Kevin from Philadelphia, and I just had a quick question for you. I really enjoy your Tesla insights on the podcast and on Twitter. Um, so I have kind of a unique situation where my first car is going to be a Tesla Model 3. I've had the convenience of being able to commute to work, so I take the train. Don't really have a use to drive to work, so it's more of a luxury to have the car to drive around when I want. Um, I was looking at getting the short-range model, but looking at the tax credit that's still around, I'm now debating the long-range. So I was wondering what you think would be the latest possible time you would put an order in for the Model 3 so that you'd still receive it within that time frame to get the $7,500 tax credit. Thank you very much. I am happy to try and help you here, Kevin. Although you didn't make it clear in your call if you already have a reservation or not, but that's okay. I'm going to spell out both scenarios for you. If you do already have a reservation, please check in your My Tesla and see what your delivery estimate says for standard battery. But in short, unless you put your reservation in pretty much right on the first day, like March 31st, 2016, that probably means if you didn't do that, your standard battery estimates probably 2019, which means you would be looking at the half tax credit. If you have not yet put a reservation down, I recommend doing so now and ordering a first production car now, if you can swing it, because the uh, new first production orders are showing delivery in about three to five months in the design studio. So I suggest acting as quickly as you possibly can if you're in a position to do so. But if that's not possible for you, then the standard battery shows availability in six to nine months, which should still put you squarely in the half tax credit window. So you'd be paying $9,000 less uh, with the smaller battery and still be getting $3,750 back on the, the tax credit there. So I hope that helps clarify it for you. And now we've got Brian in Baltimore. Two more calls. Uh, Brian from Baltimore wants to uh, talk about autopilot and sort of the Tesla accidents and, and the way the news around that tends to happen. Brian, go ahead. Brian, this is Brian in Baltimore. You have probably noticed, as I have, that every time there's an accident involving a Tesla, especially one that involves a Tesla that was in self-driving mode, the news media goes into a feeding frenzy uh, ab about it. I suppose this is caused by the focus on autonomous driving and what a lot of companies like Google and Tesla and, and Uber are doing with, uh, with self-driving cars. But it's really unfair, as Elon Musk has indicated, it's really unfair to Tesla the way they, they tend to focus so much. And of course, it's bad publicity. I have wondered if it wouldn't make a lot of sense to ask Tesla to release to the uh, enthusiast community, as well as to the news media, the information that they have gathered from the fleet worldwide of S's, X's, and Model 3's, uh, on the number of accidents they have experienced per mile driven and the fatal accidents as well as minor fender benders. I am quite certain that the Tesla owning community is going to come off a lot safer and a lot more careful with their automobiles than the general population. That's just a statistical fact which is uh, tested to by every insurance company in the country. 
but I think we ought to get those facts out there and remind people when some bad news comes out that mentions a Tesla that actually, in fact, you are safer driving a Tesla than probably almost any other make of car on the road. All right, well, just my thought, and it seems to me we ought to be taking advantage of all that big data that Tesla is gathering. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I don't disagree that Tesla's wealth of data is an advantage for them in a number of ways. And I think Tesla should think about your proposal. You've laid out what there is to be gained by releasing that information, but I suppose the other half of the exercise would be to look at what harm Tesla might just potentially suffer. The thing that springs to mind first for me is that information being spun negatively and reframed in a negative light by those who would do such a thing in order to make Tesla look bad. I mean, maybe Tesla doesn't think the good outweighs the bad there. I, I don't know, you know, but, um, or maybe they have other reasons. But I like your thinking, Brian. The, the best way to defeat FUD, that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, is with facts. Repeated over and over, facts. Lastly, this week, we've got Elizabeth from Los Gatos following up on her own call from last week. She wants to talk about her test drive experience with Model 3. Elizabeth, welcome back. Hey, Ryan. This is Elizabeth from Los Gatos giving you a call back from last uh, week's podcast regarding the test drive at the Sunnyvale location in California for the Model 3. Um, they definitely have it really dialed in there um, where they have valet parking to take your car in and snacks and people to talk to uh, regarding um, your battery, getting a battery put in. And uh, it was awesome. They have a really good like course that's set out. It's maybe, maybe a mile or so. Everyone kind of takes the same little course where you're just basically taking a whole bunch of right turns. I was a little bummed because I wanted to be able to like be at a stoplight and kind of punch it and <laughs> see that zero to 60 quickness. Um, but they, you know, overall it was really, really cool. And I loved um the regenerative braking, um, we toggled kind of between the low and the standard so I can kind of get the feel of that. And uh, I love that option. That was really neat. And you also asked me um, if I had configured after that. Um, I got the surprise that I actually was able to configure. Uh, I immediately configured once our lady told me that I was able to. I got online and I uh, got the long-range battery. And I did upgrade to the 19-inch wheels and I do plan um, on doing some modifications once I get it. I'd like to kind of do the stormtrooper look with a chrome delete and maybe adding a spoiler and uh, wrapping the console and stuff like that. But um, just disappointed we couldn't get the white seats yet in the regular car. So I might have to add that later. But anyway, um, thanks again for all you do. I enjoy listening to your podcast uh, every week. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Elizabeth, thank you for calling back. So you are proof that the test drives are working. <laughs> the drive convinced you to get the car or at least tipped you over the edge. Uh, you know, when, when you get down to it, that's the thing that I think a lot of us who either own Teslas or spend a lot of time around them or even just talk about them a lot, that would be me, something that we forget about. Driving is believing. Tesla sold a lot of Model S's that way, and they continue to do so. I mean, I think the Model 3 test drives are going to be immensely successful. 
I don't think Tesla was being crazy at all when they said recently that they expect new demand to outpace supply once the, as the test drives roll out everywhere. So, Elizabeth, congratulations on your order. That is the end of this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline. Again, I encourage you to participate. I welcome you, uh, welcome you to do so, and I thank you in advance for doing so. So you can either record something on your smartphone and then email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in on the toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline, which is one 888 989-8752. And I'll be right back to wrap things up for you right after this little musical break. Okay, a reminder that if you want to do some paint care for your Tesla, whether it's paint correction out of the factory uh, just a you know nice clay bar wash wax, clean it up nice, whether it's paint protection film, the C-Quartz finest reserve ceramic coating, any of that, all of it, whatever you want to do, uh, get in touch with Immaculate Reflections and talk to them about what might be best for you and for your car and uh, what you're most interested in doing with your budget. Find them at irdetailing.com or you can look them up on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections on those two popular websites. Uh, with a, they've got over 16 years of experience. You heard, uh, you heard our friends at Immaculate Reflections on uh, the podcast last month. So Pete knows what's up. He knows all about detailing. Check him out if you're interested in that, if you're either in or around the Bay Area or taking delivery in the Bay Area. Then, of course, we have abstractocean.com an excellent source for Tesla accessories for you, for the car. Uh, there's the tempered glass screen protectors, the puddle lights. I'm trying to decide which puddle lights I want to go with on my Model 3. I don't think I'm going to do the back doors. I think I'm just going to do the front two doors. I think I'm going to go with the old, original, three horizontal lines Model 3 logo. I think that's, I think that's where I'm going to go with mine. But I, I reserve the right to change my mind. But they've got the... Both Model 3 logos, old and new, S logo, X logo, and the Tesla T logo, if you're interested in that, plus a bunch of different other lighting solutions as well. AbstractOcean.com. Uh, RTL Podcast, all one word. That's the coupon code to enter at checkout on Abstract Ocean, and that'll get you 20% off of your first order if you're a new customer there. What else? Uh, Patreon. I want to say thank you to all of the awesome Patreon producers who help keep the show going, who uh, support me each and every month. Our newest Patreon producer, a hello goes out to Brian Hope. Brian, hi, and thank you for your support. And I want to also thank Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee, uh, pardon me, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., David Kittle, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mark Smith, and Ketafuki. Thank you all so, so much. If you are uh, wondering, hey, what's this Patreon thing all about? 
I'd like to support you, Ryan. Well, number one, thank you for thinking that. You can find all the information, uh, whether it's, you know, you want to do a dollar a month, $5 a month, which will get you the early access, 10, which will get you the bonus episode and the early access, whatever you want to do. All the information is on my Patreon page. Find it at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I want to say hi to Grant from Minnesota. He was out in San Francisco on business and kindly invited me to dinner. That was very, very nice of him to do. We spent about two, two and a half hours just talking Tesla. I had a great time with him. He is a Model 3 owner uh, and has been having just a ball of a time driving it all over the place. So, uh, Grant, thanks for for, uh, the dinner and for taking the time out of your your stay here in San Francisco. Most of you probably subscribe to this podcast already. If not, again, it's it's a free thing to do that just will make sure the podcast downloads to you rather than you having to go seek it out every week. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, there's always the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Com. There's the RSS feed there as well. And then I am leaving out TuneIn. It's on TuneIn's website, but I've heard from a few people, and I got to check someone's Model 3 this past week, and for some reason, my podcast is no longer accessible in the Teslas, which obviously really bums me out. So just tonight, before I started recording, I sent an email to TuneIn Technical Support uh, hopefully they can help me. I don't know if they're going to try to kick me over to Tesla. To, uh, I'm not sure who's driving the bus on this one, but uh, apologies that the show, for whatever reason, used to be available in the car and now is currently not, apparently. So very sorry about that. I'm doing my best to get that resolved as soon as possible. But nevertheless, uh, just th- again, thank you all for for listening, for supporting me in whatever way, shape, or form you do that. Uh, your your tweets, your calls, your emails, your Patreon support, just you, just you listening, any of it, all of it, uh, really makes me feel good. Again, I have such a great time doing this every week. I have to say, uh, <laughs> I was just like stammering my brains out this week. Not my best week, you know. There, it just happens, right? I guess it's like an athlete that, uh, like a professional athlete. Athlete. See, there I go again. It's just another stumble. I'm digging my own grave further here. You know, you're not going to score thirty points every game. In, in the NBA, you know, you even if you average 30 a night, you're going to have your off shooting nights where you might go, you know, four for 13 from the field and only put up 12 or 14 points. And I feel like I just clanked a, a lot of shots tonight. I had such good material. There was such good news, such uh, a substantial amount of news. And I just, I thought I was off my game tonight. I, I, I will do my best to, to get back in it next week. And uh, in the meantime, again, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Ryan McCaffrey next to a sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy. This was Ride the Lightning episode 154. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I will see you back for 155, which, uh, fun Tesla fact, 155, that is the electronically limited top speed of the SX and performance Model 3, so 155 is a number that has some significance in the world of Tesla. See you guys next week.